We're going to deal with a subject today that I feel is one of the most uh, predominant problems amongst uh, people in this world, and, and as well as believers, um, and that's called overcoming oppression and depression. Uh, th- there's an epidemic in the world of individuals being depressed and oppressed as we begin to look at our environment around us and look at the individuals that are living amongst us and around us today, and some of them even sitting in pews right next to you are suffering from o- uh, oppression and depression. Um, Now, depressive disorders affect approximately 18.8 million American adults, or about 9.5% of the U.S. population, age 18 and older, in any given year. Now, that's a lot of people that are oppressed and depressed, but this is just in a given year. This includes major depressive disorder, uh, dysmatic disorder, and bipolar disorder. And now, you know, the, the thing is, everyone will at some time in their life be affected by depression, uh, their own or someone else's. Uh, depression is not something that you're going to be exempt from. I mean, it's something that we have to deal with in our soulish realm, in our emotional realm, in our mind, because this is the area the devil attacks. This is what we've been dealing with in the Overcoming series, how the devil attacks our soulish realm, our mind area, to pull us down and to put, bring us back under his control and back under his dominion. You, you remember as we've been teaching on on uh, on our deliverance and and our being an overcomer that when you're born again that you are literally transferred and you're delivered from and transferred uh, into a new kingdom. You're delivered from the power of darkness, which is the old kingdom. That's the that's the kingdom of the enemy. That's the kingdom of of Satan. He's the God of this world, and we have explained that in other teachings, but just briefly, he became the God of this world when Adam handed over the keys to the kingdom of this earth to the devil when he was deceived, when him and Eve were deceived in the garden, and they literally turned the keys over to the devil, and he legally, I I mean legally, because of his deception, and Adam and Eve giving it into him, he literally became the God of this world. Now, thank God, God has a plan. God had a plan, and God will not leave his plan thwarted by the enemy, and he sent Jesus, the second Adam, into this earth to redeem us and to purchase us and to liberate us and deliver us from the power of darkness, and thank God he did that. Thank God that we are delivered, we're set free no longer under his control and under his bondage. Uh, the Bible said in Ephesians 2, 6, that we have been raised up and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And where Christ Jesus is, according to Ephesians 1, he's far above all principality, far above all power, far above all might, far above all dominion. Any any power or any uh, thing that the devil has to offer, he's far above it all. That's named and not even named. Jesus is above it all. His name is above it all. And therefore, when we're when we're saved and when we're born again, we're delivered from the power of darkness. That's who we used to be controlled by. But you see, he has no legal control over you. Once you become a born-again believer, he has no legal control of you. Now, the only thing that he can do is attack from the outside, and he's going to attack from the outside. You see, your inner man, he can't touch. 
your inner man he cannot uh, control. But the thing he can control is the outer man or the soulish realm, the mind, the soul, the emotions. And he can attack that area. And as he does that, then he, he affects your spirit man. The joy level it goes. The peace of God uh, diminishes because uh, he has taken control of your soulish realm. Your mind is the gateway to the heart. Your mind is the gateway to anything that you do. And and the devil knows that if he can get your mind and he can begin to control your thinking and change your thinking and change your mind about things, then you'll never go forward in, in the Lord. But depression is a uh, it, it's a very serious situation. And everybody at some time in their life will be affected by depression, as I said. Um, uh, preschoolers are the fastest growing market for antidepressants. This is a startling fact and statement here, but preschoolers are the fastest growing market for antidepressants. At least 4% of preschoolers, over a million preschoolers, are clinically depressed. Over 1 million preschoolers, that's people, that's children that's 5 years and under, they are clinically depressed. Now, where are we going as a society? Uh, the use of uh, Parixtine and other antidepressant medications continues to grow by about 10% annually among children and adolescents, according to a study published by the April issue of Psychiatric Services. Uh, this study profiles trends of prescriptions, uh, antidepressant use in children and adolescents using prescription claim information from a random nationwide sample. And these findings tie in with an earlier Harvard study which found that the rate of depression among children was increasing by 23% a year. Depression amongst children. Now you can imagine what's happening if it's increasing amongst children, how it's increasing amongst the adults also because the adults are affecting the children. The adults are the ones that's training the children up. Um, children are placed in the environments of the adults, and if the adults are, are depressed and on antidepressants, then these children are going to learn the same lifestyle. It's just like if you have a child that's in your home and you're a born-again believer and you serve God and you've got the peace of God in your home and the joy of the Lord there, your child is going to grow up experiencing the presence of the Lord. And when they get into their adult stage and adult life, they're going to also experience the presence of the Lord because you train up a child in the way that he should go and he will not depart from it. Praise God for the Word. Amen. Now, uh, the findings... Uh, as I said, we're showing that children, uh, the depression amongst children are increasing by 23% a year. Now, the study examined antidepressant use amongst approximately 2 million uh, commercially insured pediatric beneficiaries 18 years and younger from 1998 to 2002. Now, the fastest growing segment of users were found to be preschoolers aged 0 to 5 years with use amongst girls doubling and use amongst boys growing by 64 so what we're looking at here is a generation of people that are not able to cope with problems and not able to cope with circumstances and situations. And because they're not able to cope with it, they're coming under the control of oppression and depression. Now, in Acts 10.38, the Scripture says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth for the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. You see, the devil's already lost the war with the saints already. Yet he still defeats many Christians today through oppression and depression. Uh, the Psalms 106 verse 42 
says their enemies also oppressed them, and they were brought into subjection under their hand. Now, I, I want you to remember that scripture as we get into this next segment of what we're going to be dealing with here on oppression and depression, and that is the definition of what is oppression and what is depression. See, oppression is simply being crushed or burdened by abuse of power or authority or to burden spiritually or mentally as if by pressure. So oppression is actually coming under subjection of someone that's usurping their authority over you. Uh, that's why you you see uh, in, in our world today, in our, in our society today, and in, in the world as a whole, you see what we call, we term third world countries and, and uh, the more prosperous countries. But a lot of the third world countries are under a dictatorship. They're under a control of a man or a regime that is abusing their power and usurping that authority over the people and burdening them and oppressing them, oppressing them and bringing them down, crushing them by the abuse of power and authority. That's why we in America, we need to pray. We need to believe God for a revival. We need to believe God for God's people to come in and intercede and believe God for a supernatural move of the Holy Spirit in this world and in this nation of ours because every day, Every day, it seems like there's more abuse of power, more abuse of power, more abuse of power from the those that are in authority, those that's in, uh, in the governmental control. And they're trying to abuse the power upon people, trying to take away freedom of speech and trying to take away uh, our freedoms that, and rights that we've had, that the Constitution uh, gives us, that was given back in the beginning of this nation, and the Constitution is being trampled. And we need to understand that this... This is the beginning of oppression. Remember the children of Israel when they were in Egyptian bondage. Uh, the Bible says that the, the Pharaoh that uh, grew up, and uh, he didn't know Joseph. Uh, see, the Pharaoh that knew Joseph knew the God of Joseph. But, but the Pharaoh uh, that took his place didn't know Joseph, and Joseph had already died. But you see, the thing is, the children of Israel were brought into captivity. And when when they, they had their freedoms to kind of go about, but when they saw, when the Pharaoh saw that they were increasing in number, he became uh, fearful because they were going to be bigger and greater than his nation was and going to have more people for the army than what his own army had. So what did he do? He began to oppress the children of God. He began to oppress them, put more work on them, begin to burden them down, begin to tire them out, begin to exhaust them so that they could not uh, uh, multiply and could not have the strength or the courage uh, to come against him. So oppression was there. The Bible said in Psalms 106.42, we go back to it, their enemies also oppressed them and they were brought into subjection under their hands. So that's what oppression is. You're brought into subjection under the power of the enemy because he is burdening you down, crushing you down, and oppressing you. Now, the word depression literally means being low in spirit. It's a state of feeling sad or dejected and gloomy. A depressed person is someone that uh, there's no manifestation of joy, no manifestation of peace in their heart and in their life because they are low and crushed and 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 uh, uh, low in their spirit and, and they feel sad, dejected, feel like that nobody loves them, feel like nobody cares, that they're just all alone in this world. And this is the enemy's thoughts that he's placing there, bringing this depression. So when we, we find out what this is, how does it operate and how does it work in an individual? First of all, 
We need to understand it's an attack from Satan. It is a spiritual problem. Uh, We need to understand that every situation, every problem that's in this world is a spiritual problem. Everything deals with the spirit man. It, 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 it is a spiritual condition that causes people to act the way they act. So we need to deal with it for what it is. Satan's aim is to make a person underestimate himself and fall into self-pity. Uh, feel sorry for yourself. Feel like that you're, the, you're out there all alone. You're out there by yourself. Nobody cares. Nobody understands where you are. You see, your mind is affected first. Mind is the gateway to the heart. Your, 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 your mind is what gives entrance to everything. And, it, and if the thoughts are placed there and you dwell on those thoughts, eventually it's going to seep down and get deeper and embedded in your mind and then down into your heart and into your spirit. That's where the real damage is caused. Bitterness, envy, strife, anger, resentment. All of these things start in the mind. Because what happens, the devil starts telling you, well, you see, they, they treated you wrong. Uh, they, they, they're making fun of you. They don't love you. They don't understand you. You're, you're in this by yourself. And, and you, begin to, you begin to dwell on these thoughts and then resentment, bitterness, anger, um, bitterness, and all of these things, they begin to sink down into your heart and into your spirit. And then this is where it really affects you, where it, it's, it's even more difficult to get rid of it because it's down deeper and embedded there, and that's where deliverance is needed at many times. But it's an attack from the devil. He operates and defeats more people here than any other place. It's in the mind area. And the results of his attack is deep depression comes that leads to total defeat. See, depression causes a person to want to give up. You just want to give up. You just want to throw up your hands and quit. You know what? God hadn't called us to be quitters. We're not quitters. We're not somebody that's just going to let an obstacle stop us from accomplishing the will of God or accomplishing what God's called you to do. When you know what God said, it doesn't matter. Every every time you start to do something for God, any time you start to... Um, do something in your life that you feel is what is going to be your lifetime dream. The enemy is going to put up roadblocks. He's going to put up everything that he can to hinder you and to stop you from going forward. And it's going to cause you to get into depression and deep depression. And you want to give up. It'll cause you to be inactive. It'll cause you not to want to do anything. It'll cause you want to crawl in a shell, shut down all the, uh, pull down all the shades and shut all the blinds and cut off all the lights and just bury yourself in the pillows and in your bed and just and just just give up and not even won't even you don't even want to be around anybody no no person or nobody because you're depressed and 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 it causes you to be inactive and there's no joy that's manifested the joy of the lord is your strength that's what the bible said the joy of the lord is our strength but when there's no joy you're going to feel exhausted what i i'm finding out that happy people are the well are health are the healthiest people and even doctors medical science has proven this over and over that if people that are chronically ill or terminally ill even and they're in the hospital they have found that they did an experiment with this several years ago where they uh, got some funny movies like the Three Stooges and, and all of these kind of things like this but made people laugh that people that laughed and people that began to laugh they began to live longer their life was expanded due to the laughter because the joy the joy is the strength of their body 
A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, the Bible says, but a sorrowful spirit drieth the bones. <laughs> Praise God. So joy is something that is not manifested when there's depression. And some even get critical of other people's blessings. When, when people are depressed and down in their spirits, first thing they want to do is start criticizing everybody else that's blessed. When people begin to get good things in their life, they begin to be critical of, of what they're doing. And instead of rejoicing with them, they're critical because they're depressed and they're not receiving what they feel like they should in life. And and finally, depression can lead to a complete mental and nervous breakdown, which leads to total control of the devil. Now listen, the devil is working on you to destroy you. He he the, the devil hates you. We we need to understand this one thing. Satan hates you as a person, as a believer. He hates the human race. You go to the hospitals, you go to the mental hospitals, you go to the regular hospitals. It doesn't matter. There's all kinds of people there. There are believers and non-believers. There, there's there's no exemption from the devil trying to destroy God's creation. The devil hates God's creation because man was created in the image of God. That's right. Every one of us were created in the image of God. And it, and it doesn't really matter to the devil whether you're a believer or a non-believer. He wants to destroy God's image. He wants to destroy God's product. He wants to destroy God's masterpiece. And that's his intent, is to destroy everything good that God has made. But thank God, Jesus is victor, and he's Lord over the devil. But mental and nervous breakdowns happen because it's the devil just bombarding the mind and the people don't know how to, to fight off these thoughts and these evil thoughts and the things that come in their mind to pull them down. Now, what are some symptoms of depression? This is what we want to deal with right now. What, what, what causes us to begin to see, according to the National Institute of Mental Health, symptoms of depression may include the following. Difficulty concentrating, remembering details, making decisions. Now listen, we need to be able to come to a point in our life where we can make a solid decision, and many times a quick decision. I say that many times because you, you still want to pray. You want to get the mind of the Lord. There's, there's nothing wrong with taking time to pray and seeking God on a situation or decision that you're going to make that's going to affect your lifetime. So it, it's important to pray and get the peace of God in everything that you do. But some people cannot even make a simple decision of what they're going to eat at a restaurant or simple decision of, of purchasing clothes and things that are necessity and things that are needed in their life they they they, they just can't make up their mind they're, they're indecisive so a lot of these things are um, uh, are symptoms of of what depression is it's difficulty concentrating remembering details making decisions um, fatigue and decreased energy when, when people are depressed they feel tired physically. Now, listen, you're going to feel tired if you've been working hard. You're going to feel tired if you're, um, if you have to work where you have to use your mind and your eyes all day long with the computer. There's fatigue that comes with that. There's a natural fatigue that comes with that. And, uh, that's why you need to take breaks. That's why you need to take a break from some of that thing sometimes and just, and just enjoy life and, uh, not get all bogged down in that. But, but abnormal fatigue and decreased energy. This is where people just are exhausted and tired continually. They don't want to do anything. They just want to lay down and, and just sleep. It's because they want to, they want to escape reality. Uh, they want to escape the situation by sleeping it off, so to speak. And then there's feelings of guilt that come with depression. Uh, feelings of guilt, it's, it's my fault that 
this person is acting this way. It's my fault that the business isn't going good. It's my fault. And to the pastors, they they feel it's their fault uh, that the church is not growing. I, I received a great counsel from a preacher one time. He wanted me to come by and visit with him. And he said, Brother Clarence, you've been traveling. He said, tell me what's going on at that particular time. Several years ago, there were a lot of pastors leaving the ministry. And he said, what's the reason for them leaving? And I said, well, I guess they feel like they're the reason that the church isn't growing. He got real quiet. Then he looked at me. And he said, you know, Brother Clarence, I guess if the church is growing, it's their fault too. And then I said, I get the message. You see, we need to understand all God requires out of us is to do what he tells us to do. It's his business to make it grow. It's his business to make it flourish. It's his business to bring the results. All that God requires out of you is to obey him and to do what God's called you to do. So the feeling of guilt, worthlessness, and or helplessness. Sometimes we just don't feel like we're worth anything. You've you got to feel good about yourself. You've got to feel good about You've got to realize that you're a good person. You've got to realize that you're important. You're the apple of God's eye. God, God created you for a divine purpose and a divine destiny. And, and you've got to believe that God is with you and for you. And you're not some worthless human being that's just placed here that God just discards. No. God loves every one of us. God loves every person sitting here today. And God wants you to understand that you are worth something. You're worth so much. He sent His only Son to die for you and to redeem you from the clutches of the enemy and to deliver you from His power and put you in the kingdom of God where Jesus is Lord of your life. Now, depression also brings feelings of hopelessness and or, or pessimism. Uh, you just don't see any good in anything, and it's just hopeless. Everything is hopeless. There's no way out. Um, insomnia. Uh, this is where you just you, you you just can't go to sleep at night. You don't rest at night. You're you, it's it's not because you drink too much coffee. Now, if you drink too much caffeine, you're not going to be able to uh, uh, enjoy a good sleep either. But but I'm talking about what some people even even if they don't drink caffeine or all of these things before they go to bed, they still have insomnia. Insomnia is something that it will affect you in the long run. It'll affect you physically. It'll affect you spiritually. It'll affect you mentally. And what we have to do is let God give us good rest, good sleep. Whether it's five hours, six hours, God can give you a good, strong sleep to where you're refreshed and you're ready to go and do what God's called you to do. Uh, Irritability. Sometimes people get real irritable when they're in a depressed state. They're just irritable. They're restless. Uh, there's a loss of interest in activities or hobbies, once pleasurable. And and they just don't want to do anything no more that they used to love to do. Um, then the people that are depressed... There's two things that can happen. Some people will overeat, and they will eat everything that's out there just continually over and over. Or there's some people that lose their appetite and just lose weight rapidly because of depression. Uh, there's persistent aches or pains, headaches, cramps, digestive problems that do not ease even with treatment. This is all because of a spiritual condition oftentimes. Now, I'm not saying sometimes you can eat the wrong foods or your system can't get out of order uh, or you may, uh, like I said, work all day long with computers and you're, you can get a headache from those type of things. But I'm talking about when these things just constantly plague you over and over and over. We need to get down to the spiritual um, problem behind it and say, Lord, I want to be free from it. Uh, being persistently sad anxious or just having an empty feeling, just that blah feeling. Uh, you, you just don't feel anything. And then finally, 
there's thoughts of suicide and suicide attempts with people that are depressed. Now, this is an important issue right here. There's warning signs of, uh, of suicide with depression. Uh, depression carries a high risk of suicide if it gets to be a real deep depression. Anybody who expresses suicidal thoughts or intentions should be taken very, very seriously. Warning signs of suicide with depression include a sudden switch from being very sad to being very calm or appearing to be very happy. Uh, uh, another sign is they are always talking or thinking about death. Clinical depression, deep sadness, or loss of interest, trouble sleeping and eating, uh, that gets even worse when people are, are getting close to the suicidal thing. Having a death wish. Uh, these are uh, tempting fate by taking risks that could lead to death, uh, like driving through red lights for no reason at all. You just start driving through the red lights and, and uh, not taking no caution whatsoever. Losing interest in things that once you used to care about. Uh, these are signs of, of uh, deep depression that's getting ready to lead to a suicidal uh, tendency. Making comments about being hopeless or helpless or worthless. Just continual comments that you're not worth anything, you're no good, uh, you're hopeless, you're helpless. Uh, putting affairs in order, tying up loose ends, changing a wheel. I mean, when people start doing these things, they're getting ready for death. Now, I'm not saying that when people are up in age and up in years and the Lord can begin to deal with them and say that their time is coming to an end, but I'm talking about people that's depressed now, people that are depressed. I'm talking about young people, middle-aged people, um, uh, and people that are not ready to depart from this earth. But they start doing these things, saying things like, it would be better if I wasn't here or I want out. All of these things are tendencies towards deep depression, and they, they're going to pull you down. Talking about suicide, killing yourself, or visiting or calling people that one cares about at the very end, uh, they, they realize that they're getting ready to depart and to leave. So depression is a very serious situation and oppression is a very serious situation it's not something that you need to take lightly because God is wanting you to realize that he has delivered you from the oppression of the devil Jesus said this in John 10.10 10, the thief comes not but for to steal to kill and to destroy but he said I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly thank God today for the victory that's in the Lord Jesus Christ and that we can that we can be free in Jesus name now we've, we've stated all these things about oppression and depression but I want to get down now to the to the fact of how you can be free from this state of oppression and depression. How to keep free from it. Number one is we need to take our freedom by faith. Everything that you have from the Lord is by faith. Now somebody says, well, I just don't have that kind of faith. Yes, you do. Because the Bible said God's given to every man the measure of faith. You have faith in you. Now your faith has got to be developed. You're going to develop the faith, and we're going to show you how to overcome it here in just a minute. But you've got to, you've got to take it by faith. You've got to say, Lord, I believe that you're the Lord of my life. I believe that you came and redeemed me from the powers of darkness. I believe that Satan was defeated by you 2,000 years ago when you come forth out of the grave victorious on that third day and you ascended to the right hand of the Father and you're sitting there now interceding for me on my behalf. I believe that. I believe that you're the Lord and I confess it and say it with my mouth. Now you've got to take all of this by faith and you've got to know what the Word says about your position in Christ. You have a position in the Lord now that God's placed you in. And the Bible said over in Colossians, the first chapter and the 13th verse, and we've quoted this already in the in the teaching, but I want I want to bring it out to you again. Colossians one thirteen, He hath delivered us from the power of darkness 
and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. See, you've been delivered, you've been set free, you've been liberated from his power, and now then you've been transferred, translated into the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, where Jesus is Lord. And I want to tell you something. When Jesus defeated the devil, it was once and for all. He is defeated. He was defeated. He has no power because victory is yours in Jesus' name. Ephesians verse 2 and 6, we've, we've quoted this one. But he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. See, God's caused you to come and be elevated to the position where Jesus is. And that is far above all principality, far above all power, far above all dominions of the enemy. He, Jesus is far above it all. And now then, he has raised you up, raised us up together and made us Sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Praise God forevermore. Now Luke 10 verse 19. He said, And I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and put upon scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing by any means shall hurt you because I give you power. God gives you power over all the power of of the enemy. That means everything that the devil has that he throws against you, you have power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. You see, he can't hurt you. you what, what, what is it when a bully bullies an individual? They bully them because they intimidate them with fear. They, they, they bring fear to the individual they're intimidating and coming against and bullying. And as long as that bully cowers down and runs in fear, that bully's going to keep on, keep on, keep on. Now, that person that he's bullying, he may, that person that's being tormented and that person that's being intimidated, he may have the ability to just throw that bully around and knock him flat on his face, you know. But because he doesn't realize that and doesn't see it, he's allowing the bully to take uh, advantage of him and push him around. But one day, when that individual stands up and stands his ground, and stands his ground against that bully, and stands his ground against that individual that's intimidating him, that guy is going to take off and run, or that girl, I, there's a lot of girl bullies today, but but they're going to take off and run because they realize they come up against something or somebody that's not afraid. And when you're not afraid, they don't have nothing to, to hold over your head and to intimidate you with. Fear is a terrible thing, and fear goes hand in hand with what we're talking about in oppression and depression because fear is a major factor in all the things that the devil brings our way. He brings fear and tries to keep you from receiving what God wants you to have. But you've got to know that the devil's defeated. You have to know this. Know he's defeated. Colossians 2 verse 15 talked about Jesus. He spoiled principalities and powers and he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. And for this purpose, in 1 John 3 verse 8, for this purpose, Christ was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. For this purpose, for this purpose, he was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Now, thank God. I, I, if, if we don't make anything clear to you in teaching this word to you, uh, the thing that we want to emphasize to you is know this. The purpose of Jesus' coming was to set you free and to deliver mankind, to deliver all mankind from the power of darkness. Now, it's only those that accept Jesus Christ. It's only those that believe what he did for them that's going to be free. Because until you believe in Jesus and believe what he did for you, then the devil's going to have the upper hand over you 
because his lies are going to just keep prevailing in your mind and in your heart to where it pulls you down and destroys you. And that's his whole purpose is to destroy you because, like I said, you're the creation of God. You're God's masterpiece. And, God, and the devil doesn't want you to ever produce what God said you could be and, and do what God said you could do. This purpose, Jesus was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. So we need to know, we need to know our position and know what Jesus has done for us. Know the position that God's put us in and, and, and know that we're free in Jesus' name. Now, finally, we have to resist the devil. We're talking about overcoming oppression and depression. We know our position. We know who we are. We know the devil's defeated. But now we have to resist the enemy. Now, how do you resist the enemy? How do you resist the devil? You resist the devil by totally, 100% submitting yourself to God. Number one, you're going to have to confess the truth. The truth. John 8 verse 32 says, you will know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Your confession and our confession will loose us or snare us. The Bible said in Proverbs 6, 2, you are snared by the words of your mouth. I like what Matthew 12:37 says, By your words you shall be justified, or by your words you shall be condemned. So confessing the word of God is important. It's important. I, I remember my daughter when uh, she was starting school in, and she was in kindergarten. And um, they did a test on her and they, they, they came back with results and, and, and trying to tell us that she was not ready uh, she wasn't mentally ready uh, for school, that she was going to have to be in special education classes for the rest of her school terms, and she would never be a normal person as far as learning because of her disability that uh, she had. And they, they just flat said, these are the words that they said, she just hasn't developed mentally. And uh, But, you know, we didn't receive that. We didn't receive that because we knew that God gave her to us, and we knew that God placed her in our life, and we knew that she could be an overcomer. So confession became part of her life. Uh, we got scriptures, and uh, the scriptures were in relation to her as an individual. And we, we had several scriptures, probably 12 to 15 scriptures she would say every day, every day she would confess these scriptures over and over and over and over. The first six weeks of her school, they called us in for a, 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 a conference. And, they, and she, we got a report card and showed it that she was at uh, C's and, and D's and it was below grade level. And they said, we told you she wasn't ready for school. We told you that she wasn't ready for what, uh, what, uh, you know, what the other kids are ready for. And so we, she, we just wanted you to know this. I said, no, she will be ready. So just, just let her stay. And so we, we went in and started putting the word in her every day, every day. She'd just start confessing the words, saying the words. She didn't want to many times. Sometimes she'd have to cry and say, I don't want to, but we would, we would just make her say it and say the word. It's important to have it coming out of your mouth. It's important to speak it and hear what you're saying. One of those scriptures was, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The Amplified Version says, I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through the Spirit of Christ that infuses his inner strength into my being. So we're ready. We're equal to anything the devil's got to throw away. And the next six weeks they called us a, a conference and we went down and they, they said, she's doing great because she had made A's and B's at grade level. And she was in the grade level now. 
And, uh, and, and, and they said, what are you doing? And I said, well, we're just putting the word in her. We're letting her confess the word of God. They said, well, whatever, it is, whatever she's doing, it's working. And, and they said that she, you know, she'll get real frustrated and when there was a problem that would come up that she couldn't quite comprehend at that particular time. They said, all of a sudden she'd start saying and muttering some words like, I can do something. I said, I can do all things through Christ. It strengthens me. She said, that's, the teacher said, that's what it is. And I said, well, that's Philippians 4.13. That's one of the scriptures that she quotes every day. They said, well, she'll quote that scripture, and she will excel in that area. <laughs> Praise God. The next six weeks, they called another conference. We went down, and uh, they, they were talking about how good she was doing, still A's and B's, grade level. And they said, you know those words that she says, I can do all things through Christ? I said, yes. He said, other kids will get frustrated, and, and they'll want to give up, and, and uh, your daughter will get out of her chair and go over there and, and put her hands on her shoulders and say, after me, I can do all things. And they would say what she said, and then they would excel also. Praise God. The Word works. I want to tell you, the Word is contagious. Joy is contagious. Peace is contagious. And God wants you to be contagious to other people as you begin to understand what your confessions will do. By your word, you'll be justified, or by your word, you'll be condemned. So we need to confess the word of God. And then secondly, we need to resist the devil by meditating on the word. Meditating on. Listen, we need to start focusing on what God says and put the word of God in our spirit, man. Philippians 4, 8 said, Whatsoever things are true, honest, pure, just, lovely, good report, if there be any virtue, praise, think on these things. Think on the Word of God. Don't think on the problem. Think on the Word of God. Get God's Word so instilled in your spirit that that's all that's going to come out when there's a problem. Praise God. Because the Word can't stand in the presence. The Word uh, will, will always tower over the problem, and the problem can't stand in the presence of the Word. Now, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So we need to get our mind filled with the Word. Don't let any imagination, don't let any evil thought of failure, that evil thought of defeat, that evil thought of unworthiness, that evil thought of, of uh, you're no good, you're not good enough, you'll never make it. Get those thoughts and let the Word of God fill your mind. And as you begin to speak it out of your mouth, it's also going to fill your spirit to where you're going to know who you are in Christ. And finally, we need to rejoice and praise God. Now, listen, a depressed person doesn't say much. Remember, they, they, they cower down, they hide out, they get in a depressed state, they want to curl up somewhere and just pull down all the shades and get in a dark place and just, and just hide from reality. But listen, God inhabits the praises of His people, Psalms 22, verse 3. When you begin to praise the Lord, God is there in your midst. He's there in your presence as you begin to praise Him. And let His praise come from your lips. Let it come from your heart and, and bubble up within you and praise God out loud. And you're going to find that you're going to be healthier. You're going to be more mentally alert. You're, you're going to be stronger. Uh, you're going to have more strength physically. Uh, you're going to be emotionally strong because the praises of God. God's inhabiting your praises as you begin to walk with the Lord. And then the Bible said in Philippians 4, 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Rejoicing is important. God wants you to be happy. I, I, want, to be, I want to be tagged as a happy Christian, as a happy believer. When people see me, they want to, I want them to see happiness and not depression and, and dejection in my countenance or in my voice. I want them to know that I'm happy in the Lord. The Bible said in Acts 16, verse 25, that Paul and Silas praised God at midnight. They were put in jail. 
And they were in prison. And they were in stocks and bonds in the inner prison. But the Bible said at midnight they decided to sing praises unto the Lord. And then the other prisoners heard them. They heard them praising God. They said there's something different about these two guys. They're, they're, they've been beaten. They're, they're beaten down to the point to where they can't even hardly um, open their eyes. But here they are in stocks and bonds. At midnight they begin to sing praises to God. And guess what? When they begin to praise God, the glory of God inhabited their praises. And those jailhouse doors swung open and they were all set free and it was a miracle the jailer and his family got saved and baptized and a church was started in Philippi that's the church of the Philippians that Paul writes to because of of that incident so we need to realize depression is a spiritual situation it's a spiritual problem that the devil's using to destroy you mentally emotionally and spiritually but we need to understand this is the results of a person that will keep free from oppression and depression you're going to be strong in the Lord and peace will rule and control your heart and mind because you know who you are and you know who Jesus is and you know your position in the kingdom of God and the God's peace is going to rule the Bible said in Philippians 4, 7, And the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. And the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is going to be your strength when you begin to get into this place of victory. The joy of God will always continually be there. And finally, because of your situation of being free in your own mind, you're going to also be able to minister to other people that are depressed and discouraged. And they're going to sense the power of God in you and sense the love of God in you you and they're going to let you minister to them and they're going to be set free in Jesus name. Thank the Lord for victory today and I I, I know that as we as we've listened to this, God is setting you free. And I, I want you, those of you that are here with me, join hands with that person next to you. Those of you that's listening through the CDs or other means that you have, I want you to just let God's power flow through you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we lift up every individual that's heard this word. Father, we thank you that this word is setting them free. Your truth is making them free right now. Their mind is being freed. Their mind is being set free. Their spirit man is being set free. The joy of the Lord that's there is beginning to bubble forth. It's becoming their strength. Their physical strength is coming back. Their spiritual strength, their mental strength is coming back as the joy of the Lord. And your peace, your supernatural peace that passes all understanding is keeping their heart and mind through Christ Jesus. And devil, we bind your powers. We render you powerless that you've tried to hinder them and you've tried to control them in their mind. We're setting their mind free in the name of Jesus and we speak in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth to flee. You're bound, you're rendered powerless, and you have no control of them because God's word is truth and his truth always prevails. And Father, right now, as we we praise you for delivering and setting your people free, and we give you glory for it, and we praise you for it in the name of Jesus. I want every one of you to just lift up your hands and begin to praise God and glorify God because Jesus is Lord of your life, and you are free from oppression and depression, and you're no longer in the kingdom of darkness, but in the kingdom of God, where Jesus is light, Jesus is Lord, and victory is yours. Just praise him now. Just glorify the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.